Hey, welcome back to another episode of e-commerce on tap back to your best sourceify. I'm your host, Nathan Resnick, and today we are joined by James Bond. I'm excited because you are the author of Brain Guru, which has so many cool stories. One that is very top of mind is how this Utah couple went from zero to over a hundred million dollars in sales in under two years. So I think I'd like to start there and just dissect how did they do that? So absolutely. So it's a mom and her son and the mom was in the bathroom and she realized that uh, when I'm sitting on the toilet, it's actually better for my body and for circulation. I don't want to get too much into it, but if I could raise my feet about 12 inches off the floor and it's just, and people go to the bathroom and they don't, they don't realize that it's actually easier and better for your body if you do that. So I thought it's really cool. So we'll make a little stool. And so they had no business experience, but she said, this is something that everybody would love to have. And uh, so what would we call it? I guess we can call it the toilet stool. My wife says the stool stool. <laughs> I should have called it that, but I don't think that would work. But uh, they said, well, we don't want to call it a toilet stool because that wouldn't sound really attractive to people. But so like, what's another word for toilet? Potty. Okay. And I'm kind of squatting. So why don't I call it the squatty potty? They went from zero to $100 million in less than two years. They actually made it onto Shark Tank. People bought it. They kind of laugh when they heard what it's called, Squatty Potty. But they bought it because immediately they know what it is, and it triggers parts of their brain that make you want to buy it. So just think of it for a second. If they call it the toilet stool, do you think it would be as successful as the Squatty Potty? No way. They started making a ton of money, and then they spent money in advertising. They had this guy pooping. <laughs> rainbows and then giving it to kids like an ice cream so they had fun with that but they had money to spend on advertising because they made so much money and people don't understand this that if you the name of your product or how you describe it can turn your product into like blockbusters literally and i learned this because you know i originally ran an advertising i live in southern california i've lived here for about 37 years uh, our, we have a son and three daughters, and our middle daughter, we gave her the initials L.A., so we'd know, Lauren Asia, A.J.A., so we'd know that, you know, people said, how long have you been in Southern California? We said, well, how old's Lauren again? So we got that. But um, um, in, in Montreal, where I started from, I had an advertising agency. I worked my way up and, and won major clients like Kraft Foods, Timex Watches, Abbott Laboratories, things like that. Uh, Seagram is their world headquarters is in Montreal. Which is funny because I won Seagram's and I'm not a drinker. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, you know, God's joke, you know, hey, okay, you don't drink, here you go. <laughs> so I won Seagram's. But they loved us because of how we, we, we did their ads and everything. So I had the opportunity to win the anti-drug campaign in America because of contacts I had and work that we were doing. And with powerful, logical reasons why you should not do drugs. And then I saw the ad that beat us and it terrified me. It was a guy holding an egg saying, this is your brain. And cracking a shell and dropping the egg into a sizzling frying pan and said, this is your brain on drugs. Any questions? When I saw the ad, two things happened. First is I knew this was infinitely more powerful than the ad I had because mine was logical. This was emotional. It wasn't logical at all. But I mean, it's the whole idea of like, you know, when you take drugs, it fries your brain. So it said that message. But the second thing is I had no idea how to do emotional selling. They don't teach it in school or anything. And it freaked me out. And I realized, you know, I went to the library, but there's like no books on it. There's superficial things, but nobody really talks about it. So what I did was I decided to create a passion box. 
where right next to my desk, uh, right next to my uh, computer, I would put this box. And every time I saw an ad or heard something that was emotional selling, I would put it in a box in the hopes that eventually all my, um, all my, um, you know, examples of emotional selling would teach me how to do emotional selling. And uh, so I said, your brain on drugs. And I put that in the box. So I remember that ad. After and I, and I would just my wife would get mad at me if we ever go to a doctor's office because it has magazines that you wouldn't normally read. Like I don't read Vogue magazine, but I'd be going through a magazine. I go, oh, look at that! And she go, do not tear it out of the magazine. I said, no, I've got to put it in my passion box. This is look at how amazing this is. And she would just like you know sit as far away from me as possible. I do not know that guy. But what happened was after more than ten years of putting uh, incredible ads and quotes inside the box. So it was almost overflowing. Um, I had moved to Southern California. So I met John Gray. And John Gray wrote, he wrote an incredible book called Men, Women, and Relationships, one of the best relationship books ever. But he was telling me how he was frustrated because people loved the book, but not many people were buying the book. He sold a few thousand copies. And then he got this crazy idea. What if I change the title to Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus? And Put content that refers to it throughout the book, but basically keep the same book. Guess what happened? Almost overnight, he went from zero to half, well, a few thousand in the other book to half a million copies got sold, then a million, then two million, then five million. In my book, I say he sold 10 million copies. Well, I know Steve Harrison, who helped him with marketing, and Steve said, No, you're wrong. And I'm thinking, like, Oh, was it less? No, we're over 50 million copies sold. 50 million books got sold. Just because he changed the title, I thought my brain was going to explode. So when I got home, I took the passion box and I dumped it on my bed. Well, first I had to make my bed. I always make. I'm, I'm a guy. What can I say? You know. But I dumped all the passion box on my bed, and I realized. Well, I realized first. I started writing your um, men are from Mars on a three by five card, and I realized it's a metaphor because men aren't really from a different planet. I mean, some people think we are, but. Basically, we're not for a different planet. All you girls out there, okay? Yes. But it's a metaphor, you know, because men aren't really from a different planet, but it's, it's, it makes a point. And so I started, I dumped the passion box on my bed, and I quickly discovered that metaphors is one of 14 brain triggers at the heart of emotional selling. I thought my brain was going to explode. So I, was saying, I realized when you, include a, when you include a brain trigger like a metaphor into what you say or post, it's it makes it radically easier to get people to buy your products and services. And I, you know, I was just like, you know, and when we get theories, I worked as a consultant, so it's really cool because I get to experiment with a lot of clients. You pay, typically, as a consultant, we'll do 80-20. 80% of the stuff we do, we know works. And 20% will experiment. You know, say, I, I heard about this or I read about this or I have this theory and I'd like to try it on my clients. And I started try, applying it on my clients and their sales exploded and I – I was like, whoa, I had this construction company. There are three guys who after 10 years, 10 years had 2 million in sales. That's not bad, 2 million in sales. Huh. In one year, I took them to 10 million. And then two years later, they reached 32 million, all because of applying brain glue. And I'll tell you what I did with them. But so, in fact, they razzed me because they kept saying, hey, Bond, it was supposed to be 12 million. And my, my comment was, shut up. They had so much money pouring in, they couldn't believe it. They bought each other the biggest BMW you can get. Each one had a brand new Beamer. They're all they're the same car but different colors because they, you know, they're different guys but the same car. And it's you know, and it was just 
they couldn't believe how much money they were making so easily. And so what I did with them was show you how brain glue applied to them, and I'll give you some other examples. So I said, let's pull I'll pull out a whiteboard and I said, let's make a shopping list of all the different types of clients you have. It was funny because I got a whiteboard because I was coaching them. And they said, well, you get that whiteboard, but when you're done, you get to get rid of it because we don't use a whiteboard. Ha! After <laughs> one week, I showed up one in week two, and it was all this stuff written on a whiteboard. And I love torturing my clients. I pulled out an eraser, erase it. This is before uh, cameras on phones, right? Uh, so I'm about to erase it. He goes, no, 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 erase it. I got to write it down. I said, why? I thought you guys don't use whiteboard. He said, no, no, let me tell you what happened. He said, I'm sitting with my subcontractors and they're making all these promises of what they're going to do. So I pull out a pen and I start writing on your whiteboard. And then something amazing happened. You know what happened? These guys started desperately searching for pens and paper so they could write it down too. Because they were making these promises that often they don't keep. But they realize if I'm writing on a whiteboard, they better write this thing down because they're going to be held accountable to that. So I always thought that was awesome. funny. So guess what? I guess I'm not taking a whiteboard with me, right, guys? Yeah, I feel like, you know, so the features of brain glue is really around how do you turn emotion into your sales to drive more revenue and more growth. When it comes to, you know, an e-commerce brand, sometimes it's hard, like you're saying, to pull emotion out of a consumer. And I think, you know, most people listening have probably heard of the Square Potter and the tremendous success that they've had. Most people don't know that story, so it's incredible to see how that correlates and how, you know, naming and tying to emotion is such a key to their success. I'm curious, you know, if you're an e-commerce founder right now, what strategy would you go about to figure out how to tie more emotion into your brand to drive more growth? Okay, the first, well, I have 14 brain triggers. Buy my book. That would be the first one. <laughs> but no, it's not, it's not just that. And this, it's blowing people's minds because of what it does. So there are 14 brain triggers. But we're logical. I think the best people in business are logical people. You know, you come up with a solution to a problem. You're solving something that people want or, you know, or a problem they're having with something they have and something like that. And it's a logic. It's not emotional. It's logical. You know, you're not going to, I mean, you might show up with a dog. Here's my dog. Oh, I love your dog. You know, we always say no like, and trust. You want people to know, like, and trust you, but it's got to go beyond that. Okay. I mean, think of, I say squatty potty, but how about porta potty? They use alliteration porta potty and it makes it easy to remember. I was driving, uh, with my uh, grandson, one of my grandkids, and he looks up and says, "Oh yeah, look at the porta potty." He's a, he's six years old and he knows the term porta potty. Okay, I mean, I was in uh, I was in Home Depot, and so I was looking at the at the uh, uh, you know some of the categories they have, and so take a look at this. So they have um, JB Weld. It says it's the strongest uh, welding thing. You know the the, the adhesive uh, thing. Huh. And they're competing against Gorilla Glue. Which one do you think is more successful? Even though JB Weld is probably a better uh, adhesive, Gorilla Glue. Gorilla Glue has a whole section, and JB Weld has like about you know eight or nine little things up there. You know, and I'm looking at it and going like, "Pa!" I took a picture of it because I'm brain glue guy, you know. But I'm just saying like, "Duh," because JB Weld is cool, but Gorilla Glue. I mean, like, wow, the name is it's just so. How we start is this. You always start with logic because we're logical people, okay? So come up with a logical description of what your product or service is, okay? And then, but you got to get out of your system first. And once you do that, now you start applying brain glue tools and it becomes really easy. I mean, I'll give you examples of, with brain glue because I do this, okay? How do I describe brain glue? Here are a few uh, phrases. Switch your pitch if you want to get rich. Okay, how about this one? I get you to, Brain Glue gets you to light the fire of desire in your buyer. 
Okay. So I went to uh, ChatGPT and I was looking for like alternatives for them. I it was stupid. I had like a hundred. I had to go through, but they had one. They said, "Why brain glue? Because plain glue doesn't stick to the brain." Okay. So I said, "Oh, okay. That was pretty cool." Although the other ones were stupid, but I just when you understand that you're competing. So I mean, here here's a really good example because if you don't come up with a good name, then the industry will, and that is going to hurt you. So. A lot of people don't know what pink slime is. Slime is basically the stuff that McDonald's and Burger King and all this stuff would add because it's the it's the um, the extra pieces of meat that came off high-end meat, okay? People think it's crap because of pink slime. So they came up with the name pink slime, okay? But what it does is it reduces the amount of fat in a hamburger because you're adding this stuff that has low fat, okay, and high-end meats. But it has the name Pink Slime. People call it Pink Slime because it looks like Pink Slime. Well, consumers found out the name Pink Slime and they said, why should we have Pink Slime on our food? It's terrible and almost bankrupted the company. They're wow. selling a product that McDonald's added to reduce the amount of fat in hamburgers. And yet they can't use it anymore. And they had to stop. I don't know if they maybe they're back using it, but they had to stop because... These guys said pink slime. Ugh, why would you want pink slime in your food? So you want to create a name that's strong enough that it's going to sell your product and it's going to resonate enough that people understand what your, you know, your product or service is. How about uh, Carrie Smith? Was uh, uh, he had a, a manufacturing company? He made some money, so he bought a friend's company that made fans, really big fans that they use in. Uh, farms you know like in a barn you're not going to have air conditioning for your cows or your horses you put a fan up there okay and so he bought this company and he started selling it and he was his business was growing and he had an ad that he ran he called it you know these are not big fans these are big ass fans and sales exploded and he went like wow maybe i should change the name of the company to big ass fans okay which he did he created a great logo of a, a donkey butt facing you and his head is turned towards you and his big ass fans i mean it's awesome i think a lot of what you're saying is how do you make your brand name my product name you know really memorable and how do you make it category defining right i mean a lot of people say kleenex instead of tissue paper it sounds similar i mean it, it makes a lot of sense and, and the brand has friends story. i mean that's that's incredible that's amazing he stole this company after 15 years. A lot of people struggled to get somebody to pay anything for his company. You know how much he got for his company? $500 million. Okay. Wow. Yeah. He started practically from zero to 500 million in 15 years. Okay. And what he did was he, he talks a lot about this. He's really amazing. Um, he said that uh, he was making so much money from fans. He started adding other products. And then he realized this is distracting me from fans. So he stopped it and just focus on fans. And they use them in like big warehouses and stuff like that. There you have it. If, if you want, if people want to learn more about brain glue or follow up with you, James, where can they find you? Can they buy the book on Amazon? Where's the book available? Absolutely. The book's on Amazon. It's in a, uh, an audio book as well as regular books. And uh, if you, but if you go to yesbrainglue.com, okay, the words yesbrainglue.com, it'll take you to a page that gives you a whole profile of how brain glue works. And then, of course, you know, get the book. But I think that, you know, the book is blowing people's minds. And I've got 133 millionaires that weren't millionaires before because then they, they, that's why, as you get success with it, please let me know. I get to share it with people. I, I just, just, it's, it's amazing. I love it. And when you see it, you go, Oh, that makes sense. Oh, that's why they're rich. Oh, 
and it's just six. So yesbrainglue.com. Uh, well, there you have it. Yes, brainglue.com. Everyone check it out. And James, thank you again for coming on e-commerce on tap. Brought to you by Server Supply.